Welcome to the Twelfth House Podcast. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge, and I'm so happy to have you here with us. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we are taking the third part of our meaning making systems deep dive and launching into human design, a crowd favorite when it comes to meaning making systems. If you're just tuning into the podcast, hi really nervous, but really excited that you're here. We are on week three of our Meaning Making Systems series. And what's a meaning making system? Well, it's a system, a philosophy, a worldview that helps us understand and make meaning of the world, the illogical world that we see around us, right? And there are so many things that can be meaning making systems, your political perspective, your religion, your spiritual, I don't know, philosophy, as well as other meaning making systems like oh, I don't know, astrology, what sign are you? And Enneagram, what number are you? And Myers-Briggs, what, I don't know, INFJ are you? And human design. So we're looking at some of the meaning-making systems that are really popular in the spiritual space and kind of examining them with a little bit of side eye and also, of course, open arms as always. But I think one of the big things that people who are spiritual often grapple with is the rigidity of meaning-making systems and of spiritual systems. And honestly, I think at this point in the world, we're being asked to not be so black or white, to not think of just one thing or the other, having one right way and one wrong way or one right way and everything else is wrong. And blending together lots of ideas to form our own perspectives and to also bring together ideas that potentially maybe are contradictory so that we can be really discerning about what we truly believe in, who we are taking our advice from, and what that advice is rooted in or where it comes from, like where in the world, where does it originate? And I think that human design poses a really tricky problem for a lot of people who want to be thoughtful and intelligent and curious and honoring of spiritual practices that are not their own and who also really resonate with human design, right? And human design is this interesting amalgamation of I Ching and the chakra system and astrology. It sort of brings together a bunch of disparate spiritual practices and brings them under sort of one umbrella, but then kind of doesn't really speak to those so much. Like you could totally be a newbie to human design and not have no idea that the I Ching is involved or have no idea that astrology is connected to it or have, you know, no idea where the chakra system actually comes from. And also we've been so lucky to talk to some really intelligent human design readers on the podcast. And we've talked about, you know, before how the founder of human design, Ra, was like, I don't know. And that, again, poses another interesting problem to us as conscientious, thoughtful people who are trying to be discerning about what we believe in and what we take in. How do we separate a potentially problematic person or originator or founder from a system or method that we feel like really works for us? And this is why meaning-making systems are endlessly fascinating because they are 
so human. (laughs) And they really require, I think when we're using them thoughtfully, they require our brain power. They require our critical thinking skills in order to work. Otherwise, we just kind of become brainwashed cult people (laughs) who are just blindly following a system and being completely rigid with it. And then it's not helpful for anyone, right? I don't know. That's my that's my take. So I'm delighted to have Erin Claire Jones, the human design reader based out of New York, on the podcast today. Erin is a projector, so we had a lot to talk about there. And she's really risen to to internet fame, I would say, over the last couple of years. And it's been really cool to sort of watch her sort of step into what she's doing and and move through some different iterations of what her business looks like and and kind of navigate that with her own unique perspective. I think you'll really love this episode if you are curious about human design and also curious about being someone like a projector like Erin and how that impacts the way that you do your work and how you show up. But I think mostly this is just a really good reminder if you're brand new to human design or if you've jumped into human design, you know, head first, that It's a system that you get to customize and you get to take what you want and leave the rest and you get to find what works for you. And you don't need to just listen to what someone tells you is the right answer or tells you is right for you. You get to choose and that's really empowering. So I'm really excited for you to tune in this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. So I know that you're, well, I don't want to say I know from what it looks like on the outside, but it seems like you have been all in, in human design. And I think I listened to a couple of interviews where that actually wasn't your original sort of intention or thought process. Can you like, do you want to walk back with me to that period of time in your life? And like, how did human design kind of become your wheelhouse? And actually, are you like, are you cool with that? Do you like being the human design lady? (laughs) <laughs> I'm good with it for now. You know what I mean? Like, I right. feel like I've like leaned in a hundred percent, but like, you know what I mean? Like, will I want to be that in five or 10 or 20 years? I have no idea. You know, like, I just feel like we've got to hold these things loosely. Like, I think that like, I am still so freaking excited to share about human design all the time. And like, there might be a point at which I'm not, you know? So I think mm-hmm. that it's also just creating space for that evolution. I discovered human design very serendipitously. It was never the plan. I'm not quite sure like these things are really like ever the plan, you know, but like <laughs> I was, I mean, it's so great being in New York because I was like at my friend's gathering on the Lower East Side. I was like in her backyard, you know, and, and met a stranger and like, we were so drawn to each other, but like for no real reason, you know, it wasn't romantic. It was just like that energy when you're like, Ooh, like something's here that we've got to explore. And basically, you know, he sat down with me. He's like, I'd love to look up your human design. This was in 2015, if I didn't mention that. And I was like, I've never heard of human design. He'd been studying it for 10 years. And he kind of gave me this like mini, which is like, you know, that's a long time. You see like the new iteration of all the new human design people. There are people that have been studying for like decades, you know, and often sharing in a really different ways than it's shared now. But he, you know, gave me a mini reading that night and it was so resonant and in ways that were like so revealing because it was like, I was like, I recognize myself in all of that. I am not living any of that. You know what I mean? I was like, I feel it and I'm not doing it. And like, right. and he ended the conversation by being like, and I think that like, we should build something together. Like, I think you would be amazing at this. And I think there's so much compatibility in our design. And so like, as you probably know, part of being a projector, you know, is about being like invited in. And so I was like, so immediately and explicitly invited in a human design from the outset. And I was like, cool. Whoa, crazy. You know, but like, I was like, I was considering it. He didn't even live in New York. And like a few months later, I went to LA where he was and we kind of reconnected and they started to really share with me the aspects of human design that really corresponded to like 
how we build business and how we can better collaborate in teams and support mm-hmm. each other. And I had been coming from a startup background and like coming from a lot of like dysfunction where I was like, these people are amazing. The vision's amazing, but like no one seems to understand how to work together. And my obsession and lens was always just like people, like how mm-hmm. to support, you know, I was kind of like the one people would vent to. Like, I just like was always so curious about people. And so when he started to shed those, like, or reveal those layers, I was just like, I'm all in like this, like system just like, so bridges the cosmic things I've always been in love with, but also like the practical applications that I've also always been obsessed with. And like for my entire life, they had felt very separate. I like worked in business and startups, but explored like all the other things on the side Mm -hmm. and human design and weave them together. I think in a way that I didn't know I was looking for, but I was, I could, I think just like immediately sense that I had a potential to kind of translate the system in a really accessible way, which is like so much of what my design's about. So I did end up building a business with him for two years and it was at a time when human design was not at the level of awareness it is at now. And so like we experienced a lot of resistance. It was like, it was just business focused and like people just weren't ready. And I actually quit in 2017. I was like, the people aren't ready. I can't force this. Like I, I can master this system if it's even possible with human design, like as much as I like, but like, you know, if the people aren't ready, what can I do? And then basically my partner was like, Aaron, you've got it just like step back into it. And so early 2018, January, like first I launched my own practice and it's been a real roller, not a roller coaster, a rocket ship ever since. Like it's been unbelievable. My, my fiance is also now my business partner and has been so unbelievable and kind of like offering the business strategy to help me grow it in a way that like I maybe would not have had the eye to on my own, but I really, I was just lucky with the timing. You know, I discovered the system I was all in and I I basically met the world at a time when they were also ready to receive it. Yeah. You're, you're lucky, but also like you saw what needed to happen. So it's, it's both. And I'm so interested in your startup background. I've also worked in tech and that was what I was in before I started holisticism. I do think it like really, that experience can really perfectly prime you first off being like, well, if these idiots can do, can start a business and raise like millions of dollars and I can certainly do anything I want, honestly, but also like kind of seeing how something is built from the inside out and then it doesn't have to be perfect or honestly, you don't even have to really have that far in advance of a plan in order to just go. And also really to see dysfunction at with a mic through like a microscopic lens because you're up right against it. Did it scare you off from running your own business? Do you have a, do you want to have a bigger team and like mm. run almost like a tech sort of startup? Or are you like, well, I think it's so interesting. I think that like, you know, I think sometimes we associate growth, which is like, let's just hire more and more people, like have a really big team. Let's just like get as big as we can. And like, you know, that my, my partner is also like, he's founded many companies. Like he really has far more business experience than I do. And especially in like leading teams. And our goal has never been like, how big can we get? It's more just like, how can we build like the most sustainable business possible where like, Mm -hmm. it really, like, we kind of like refine the processes as much as possible that like really allows us to grow in a big way, but like with very minimal team, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it's really, the goal has never been like lots of people, neither of us desire to manage big teams, neither of us desire to like have that be our day to day. And I think what we desire more than else is more than anything else is just like freedom and flexibility and like being able to kind of pursue the inspiration and creativity that comes through. So it's been, so, but he's so good at kind of like automating and figuring out processes for that. But yeah, the goal is really not around building or ever raising money. Like we've had a lot of people like offer us money. We're like, no, thank you. We're good. You know, like we're just like, And also we're lucky that we're in a company where it's like, we can just stop or start offering services immediately. It's not like we need to build 
a lot of things at the outset. But yeah, it's been it's been interesting, you know, and I, I'm really grateful for him because I think that I felt a lot of pressure to be like a great entrepreneur. Mm. I was like, I gotta like learn how to like market and do all these things. And like I have to be honest that I'm not great at all those things. Mm. And like I think our business is very much like I'm the talent. Like my job <laughs> is to like share human design and create content around human design, work with people, speak with people like that is where I thrive in every single way. And he honestly does the rest. Wow. That's like and that dream. really works for me. It is. He's like, you're the talent. I'm your manager. I'm like, I'll take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> cool. You're <laughs> yeah, like, but... I'm, you're right. I am. <laughs> so I think it's been a powerful practice for me to just like hone in as a projector and where I offer the most value and give myself permission to let go of the rest. Mm-hmm. And easier said than done. I mean, I think a lot of the advice for projectors and especially that comes from some, some sort of like celebrity ish celebrity adjacent human design readers is, you know, let go, let God just don't work. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I feel that. yeah. Some of those people who are saying that come from like extremely privileged billion de- billionaire father backgrounds, which is like no shade if that's what your experience is, but not every person has that same experience. So it feels like mm-hmm. somewhat irresponsible advice to always give. Although I understand the intention behind it, which is you don't want to like work yourself to death. You want to find things that feel easeful. And I'm just curious, like how you do that as you seem really driven. How do you <laughs> do that? Because And it seems like you work a lot, honestly. I know. I think that like, I, it is so interesting because I think that like part of being a projector is like, it's not that you're like not meant to be successful or create or do any of those things. You're kind of just like meant to do it in a way that works for you. And that kind of like Mm -hmm. honors the ebbs and flows of your energy. And like, if you looked at my chart, I'm like a very defined projector. Like I have like every, I have seven out of my nine energy centers, like colored in my, like my drive, my like motivation center is like so lit up. I have like literally the channel of like just ambition, transformation, motivation. So like, it's just never been an issue for me like in terms of being driven. But I think where I have faltered is like pushing myself too hard and just being Mm -hmm. really overzealous. So I think that in terms of, and I just appreciate the reflection of like, you know, also honoring what the backgrounds are, you know, that people are coming from and also just how that obviously informs how we share. And I think that like one thing I'll just say before answering your question is that like, you know, our strategy as a projector is about waiting to be invited in. And I think when I first discovered that it felt too passive for me and it felt disempowering. Mm. And I think that like part of the strategy of waiting for an invitation is like, I'm going to really protect my energy by only showing it with those who are ready for me. But I also can proactively make myself available for invitations by sharing myself and who I am with the world. And whereas the first iteration of my human design company was like pitching, which just like did not fly. Mm -hmm. The second iteration, my job has been to make myself visible. So like I am sharing, you know, and the thing is I really enjoy it. You know, I'm sharing on Instagram and podcasts and newsletters and talks. I'm like, I just share and it like allows the right people to resonate with me. And the other ones be like, no, thank you. You know, like <laughs> I just like I make it my job to put myself out there because I know the invitations don't come unless I do that. And yeah. so like there is a kind of proactive nature and I, I have very much hustled in that way, but in a way that's been really fun for me. So I think that in terms of like how to find the balance, like I think that I do work really hard and I think that I do have a tendency to work too much. But I also like, I've never not had the energy to, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, I Mm -hmm. think that I, like when the energy is gone, I really do take rest, but I also don't force myself to take rest when I'm feeling like so excited to create. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just have real limits around how much like I can really like work one-on-one with people and output and things like that. So like, I've just had to create real boundaries of like, I can do three sessions a day. I do podcasts this day. That's a lot. That three sessions is a lot. 
it is, but it's three hours. You know what I mean? So it's not just like a tremendous amount of time. Like, and it's like, it is a lot, but like for me, like that's, that allows, I like feel good. I feel energized Mm -hmm. with that amount, you know, Mm -hmm. like some people might be one, some people might be like seven, you know, like it's just so person by person. And I do sessions two days a week. If Mm -hmm. I was doing sessions five days a week, I don't think I could do that. (laughs) You know, like two days a week is like kind of my max. But I think I also leave a lot of space in my schedule. Like I don't schedule anything Mondays. I don't schedule anything Fridays. So like I just create space just to kind of flow. And so I think that I found a really good balance. And I think one thing that I will say is that part of like me working really hard is because we have so many visions in our company where basically my partner's like working me out of like 80% of my job right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, if I didn't know that he was doing that, I don't think it would be sustainable, but because Mm -hmm. like, it's all kind of towards that end, we have the plan. Like it's been so exciting kind of generating to that point because like, it's just like, it's all actually about to shift so soon. So I think that that has been really helpful for me of just like having a vision of like, how can we build a business where it's just like, not about Aaron. It's not about like Aaron talking to people and outputting and making blueprints and doing the things. And so I think the like clarity of that direction has, I think, given me so much energy and motivation to get to that place. And I imagine that that can be somewhat challenging as someone who was and is part of their company, their brand, who's also a projector. When people are like attracted to you, who are, they, they respond to you, right? When you start to step away or make yourself a little less available, can be a little dysregulating to your community because they want more of you. And it's really hard to, it's hard to blame them, right? You're like, yeah, I want to hang out with you more too, but I'm one person. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I'm like so fearful of changes like that, you know, but I think Mm -hmm. that every time we've made a shift like that in the business, it's always, while it's been uncomfortable, it's always been the right one. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and it's really like, Yeah. So I think that I'm like, I'm finding my way to do it. You know, like I don't ever want to stop engaging with people, but I think that like the way that I engage will shift, you know, and I think in ways that's going to like serve people way more. So it is a really interesting dance because I think it is just like, you know, for me, I feel like I'm actually better as a teacher than I am as like a coach. So it is kind of also exploring like the, again, as a projector, it's really kind of refining, like, where do you offer the most value? How can you hone in on that? And like, let go of the rest. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this, these past six years have been a real discovery of that. And I definitely have more clarity around that than ever before. Yeah. I'm going to take a slight left-hand turn, although I totally resonate with being a much better teacher than I am coach. Like, holy shit. I'm I would love, I have the teacher archetype in my sort of archetype wheel. Yeah, definitely. Like I've had, if you go back in my family, it's like six generations of teachers on my mom's side. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And I had such amazing teachers growing up and I feel like that's like what I love to do. I wouldn't say that I am the best coach in the world. I'm not bad, but I'm a better teacher than I am coach. But I'm really curious about your, you are so grounded and thoughtful and it seems like you really have one foot in the sort of material and 3D world and another foot in the spiritual and the energetic because you, you really seem to understand how all of this works together. And I'm curious as to how your relationship with human design as a methodology has sort of like ebbed and flowed because I know that there are some you know, like there's a, it's a white guy who channeled this, right. And it uses lots of different elements from different cultures, like the I Ching and the chakra system. And there have been a lot of conversations, I think, coming up in the last year and a half around cultural appropriation and giving reverence to different elements that are used in human design. I'm just kind of curious as to how you work through that yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, I guess one thing I would just say in my relationship with human design in general is that like 
you know, I really, and this is really ebbed and flowed and my partner is very grounded and very practical in a way that I think has really supported me leaning into that even more. Like I can just get a little bit up in the clouds when it's just me. So I think that like, it's been a really powerful part of my life, but I think that like, you know, I'm such an easy believer. Like, you know, I discovered human design. It resonated so deeply. I was like, this is amazing. I want to share it. This is great. You know what I mean? Like I'm all in my partner's like my business partner at the time. He's like, you don't even understand it yet. I was like, I don't really get it. Like, so like, <laughs> I was just like all in so quickly. And it wasn't because it was like me being naive. It was just like, it res, I could just like see it. Like, yeah. you know, I just could like feel it, even though I knew all the details had yet to be filled in. I think my relationship with human design over time has really been one of kind of releasing the seriousness around it and releasing mm-hmm. the dogmatic nature of it, <laughs> releasing kind of the, like, this is it. Like, it's just like, it's very much like, I think the question, cause I work with so many skeptics is like, I always say like, the question is not like, is this true? The question is, is this helpful? Mm. Like, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, take what resonates, leave the rest. Like, and so I think that like my relationship has been very much like leaning into human design as a tool and just like people be like, I resonate with like, you know, your post on this reflector piece. I was like, cool, lean into that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whatever, like if you support or take it. Like, I think that yeah. like, you know, I've seen, I worked with like, thousands and thousands of people. And I've seen it resonate on such a deep level with so many and with all of them, you know, but like, I do think it's just like, it's, it's helpful as a tool that we get to choose to engage with or not. I've also given myself permission to really translate things. I think Mm. that like, you know, I really went through a very traditional educational route. I spent a lot of money, like just like Mm. really kind of building a strong foundation, but I also really have shifted a lot of things because I think there's ways in which the system was initially channeled and received that weren't very empowering. And so like, I think that it's really about just making it as empowering as I can you know, human design is an accumulation of a lot of very old, powerful, you know, systems. I think that like, I'm still finding ways to kind of pay my respects and offer reverence to those systems. I think that like, I'm really curious to just, and have been just kind of like digging, digging deeper into them individually to kind of just like give them some space. But yeah, it's an interesting, like, it's like born from like thousands of years, but it was also channeled by like a white man in the eighties. Like, <laughs> right. no longer like, It's just like, the whole thing's so wild, you know? So I think that it can be complicated, but I do think that like, I guess the most important approach that I would say is like, treat human design, like I would say any other tool as like a tool to take if it feels supportive and resonant to you. And if it feels disempowering, limiting in any way, let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's never about believing it or seeing it as the truth. It's really exploring whether or not it can be helpful, useful, and supportive for you. And I think with all the things that we do, I think also paying reverence to the roots and where they come from is obviously very important. Yeah. I think that like one of the big, big problems or where, where we, where we run into problems is just when we have that black and white thinking, right. Of like, it's one or the other, there's nothing in between and being able to hold, we talk about this a lot on this podcast, just like that nuance exists, right. And that we can like hold two things at the same time that can be true and can also be contradictory. That cognitive dissonance is so hard for us as humans, because we would just, we want to know the answer, right. We want to know what do I need to do? Like, how can I get to what I want? And like, Mm kind of not the point. It's <laughs> not really the point of any of these systems. They're not a roadmap, a direct roadmap or a recipe to like spit out something. It's not a piece of code that's going to create a web page that looks the way that you want. It's, it's complete. It's an art project more than anything. 100%. And I think that like, I think why I fell in love with human design as a modality is that like, when I sit with people, it is never about telling them stuff they don't know. It's like, it's all the stuff where it's like, oh my God, I've always known that about myself, but I've never had the language for it. And all you're doing is validating what I've always known and letting me like step into it even more. And I also appreciate that, like, 
it's really like always returning people to themselves, you know, mm-hmm. like who are like, Oh, like, should I like be, do this thing or be this thing? And I was like, I cannot tell you that. I can't tell you how your system operates and how you can kind of assess that truth for you. But I think that like returning people to themselves and to their own authority and their own truth is like the most empowering thing we could do. Mm-hmm. And human design is just one avenue of doing that. So I think that like that, yeah, I think that can be really useful because I think people are often looking for answers. And so much of human design is about like, yes, you, this system can give you a lot of insight of how you operate your best, but like the thing that's going to do more than anything else is kind of release the need for other people to give you answers and just like help you kind of understand how to leverage the system that you have to kind of like assess your own truth and find the right path for yourself. Mm-hmm. Quick little break for our newest sponsor, Open. Open is a digital mindfulness studio for everyone. And I'm so excited that they're sponsoring the podcast because I am such a fan. And you know me. I feel like a lot of things. (laughs) Let's just be honest. I'm pretty picky. And when I found out about Open, I was kind of expecting it to be like every other digital mindfulness app and meditation app out there. But when I logged in for my first class, it was honestly, like nothing else I'd ever experienced. It was a phenomenal experience. It is so unexpected and delightful. And it's also a beautiful background experience. And I know that that sounds, I don't know, like kind of silly, but the vibes and the aesthetics are immaculate and it makes you feel immediately like, oh, I'm in the right place. I can breathe. Classes are available in the open app and on the desktop. There are fresh classes every day. So you can take on-demand classes or you can take live classes. And when you join the live classes, you can invite your friends to come with you. And then when they join, it actually alerts you that your friend has joined with you. I will find every excuse not to meditate and not to do breath work. And it's totally changed the game for me. Once you get going, it's hard to stop. And, And that's a good thing because I think we could all use a little bit more calm focused, centered energy in our lives. And also as someone with ADHD, I love that opens classes are as short as six minutes. I've never, honestly, I've never done anything longer than 30 minutes because I just can't. You can get started with your meditation or breath work or just morning self-care, afternoon self-care, whenever you want self-care routine. And I've got great news. You can get started with your meditation, breath work, yoga, Pilates, whatever it is, mindfulness habit with open. And you get your first 30 days for free when you join using the code holisticism at checkout. We'll put a link below in our show notes. You can just click through there, but you can also hop into the site at openo-p-e-n.com and type in holisticism and you'll get your first 30 days for free. We're also doing some really fun 30-day challenges inside of the cusp. So if you want to meditate with us and really take advantage of that group sesh vibe, then make sure you're you're checking out the events inside the cusp. It's really fun to meditate together because accountability. <laughs> and, and it's also fun to wave to each other. And Open has this little chat. So you can chat to people and send them emojis. I love to be hyping people up inside of any sort of chat feature. So I really appreciate that. And There's so much more I could say about open, but you just got to try it. Like just truly go look at it. It will blow your mind. And I can't wait to hear what you think. (laughs) So I'll see you in class. Gosh, it's just so hard though to forge your own path when there are so many people telling you what the right one, what the right way is. But I think that we're getting more open to that. I think even like the way that we're, that we're talking about gender now. 
And even five years ago, the way that we talk about gender queerness was so gated and so binary still, or just one thing. And we're just like opening up in so many different ways. And I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see that translate across everything that we do from spirituality to like how we work to how Mm -hmm. we operate in the world. Mm -hmm. Totally. And just like, we're going to (laughs) choose. Yeah, exactly. Like it just like, and also like it can change. You know, like it just yes. like it's like we can. Ex- it's just like so many aspects of our design too. Is like you'll probably express yourself so differently as you mature. That are like choosing one thing or being one thing, you know. And like for some people, that will feel really good. But also, just like honor the evolution, honor the season you're in, and like lean into that. I think just creating a little bit less rigidity around it all. Is there something that has shifted for you from when you first started learning human design about yourself to that you're like, oh my god, yes, that totally resonates, or I'm going to follow that to a T, or now you're like. I don't know. I don't know about that so much. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I really experimented with the invitation piece. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that like, there have been times where I'm like, I can't do that thing. It's like, I'm not like sitting back and waiting. My partner's like, you're just like using that as an excuse. I'm like, oh, (laughs) shoot. You know, like, so I think that like, I guess I treat my design as an experiment. I feel like I push the boundaries of it all the time to see how it actually works. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I think that like, I really treat myself as like the guinea pig here and Mm -hmm. like, I think that like the invitation piece has been interesting. Like, I think that if I have, I mean, I really generally don't reach out to people mostly because I like literally don't have the space or time to like at the moment, but like I have in the past and it's been fun to play with where it's like, instead of being like, Hey, I'm amazing. Like I'm going to pitch myself to you. It's more just like, (laughs) Hey, I exist. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. kind of like pulling my energy back. And honestly, that has worked out really well. So like, I think that I've just kind of played with different ways of presenting myself. And so yeah, it's been really fun to play with. I think that like, I don't know if there's like any pieces that I'm just like, I don't really like identify it. I honestly feel like I just like identify with it more and more and more like mm-hmm. each day, but it does feel like I get it. Like I just play with it, you know? And like, you know, there's like projectors should work like three to five hours a day, you know? Like, and I think that it's, again, it's, it's an interesting dance of like, it's not like that's not going to work for every projector, but I think for me, what really works is like finding the balance between like how much am I outputting? And then what can I do that? Like, just feels like really nourishing and learning and studying mm-hmm. and exploring, like creating content for me is like so freaking fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just like sit outside and just like, write. And so like, there's just like, it's been fun to just like find the, yeah, not like abide by any rules, but kind of experiment with what feels the most nourishing and sustainable for me. Mm, yeah. I think that projectors like kind of crush it when it comes to the content game, because it's that creation consumption sort of circle or cycle of taking things in, metabolizing them, and then sort of seeing them in a new way or or lighting them up in a different way. And and just like letting it go, letting that come out and content, you know, to your point, it isn't necessarily like a, Hey, come look at me. Like I'm, I have to, I'm asking you it just exists. Right. And I feel like as a projector, that's the biggest lesson that I learned of like, if I put my head down and just like do my work and do my work really well, people will see it. And that happened so consistently. I used to put out a weekly newsletter when I first started holisticism and I was freelancing. And after I sent a newsletter, I would always get a job offer. Like someone would always send a job offer like that night or the day after of a new gig. It was so interesting to me to like see that energy happen IRL. Totally. You're just like, I'm going to let them know I exist and talk about the things I'm excited by. And like my energy will do the work. Exactly. It's also kind of just common sense, right? Like we forget there's so much happening all the time. Like how could we possibly keep everyone that we know on lock and top of mind? We need to constantly be reminded that like, oh yeah, I exist. I do this thing. Here's how I could be useful. And 
I just, it's funny that we, that I almost have to see it as a projector, but to to actually do it. Totally. Yeah. It's fun. It's like, I think that like, that is, it is, you know, when human design came through for Ra, the founder, like it was very much like, it's an experiment, play with it, tinker with it. Like, you know, discover how it feels in your body when you align with it. Like, I just think that it really is meant to be such an embodied experience. And I think it's mm. so tempting to be like, but what is this gate? And why is it in this planet? And what does that mean? You know, and like, and it's really interesting in sessions working with people when they come in with that kind of like, I need to know more. And like, you know, I love all the details. Like, obviously that's been a fun thing for me to dig into over the years, but it's also just like, I think the magic of human design is just like using it to live more line lives, mm. you know, and to just like find more flow. So I think that I always try to bring it back to that. It's not like how much can I give you, but how can you use it as the tool to actually just find more flow? Because I think so often we don't need more information, you know, like there's already so much out there. It's just like, we need the right information at the right time to actually create the right change in our lives, you know? And so I think it is just like, yeah, finding that balance. But I think it is, it, it is treating again, holding it all loosely, I think is the best thing we can do. Mm. Yeah. You're so right. We have everything at our fingertips. Like there's no new information out there. We can find anything in a book or on some Wikipedia page or somewhere on the internet. It's just the, how it's framed up. And that's why people's stories are so important. You know, we learn through stories and through the stories of others. And I don't know, I just want to encourage anyone listening out there. You have something to say. It might Mm -hmm. be similar to what other people have said in the past, but it's it's you. So it's different. Like, Don't be afraid. Just share. Yeah. And there's a concept in human design of like our fractal, like we're all in our fractal and we're kind of attracted to people that are like on our same fractal. And like, it's just a good reminder that it's just like, you know, yeah, you might be saying the same thing in a different way, but like when you just say it in a way that feels authentic to you, like you'll attract the people that are ready to hear from you. And they might've heard a thousand times before. And then like all of a sudden it like lands. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've sat with that. Like, they're like, I discovered human design 10 years ago. I had a reading, none of it resonated. Like I'm, I'm ready. I want to do it with you, you know? And like, mm. and it's not that like, I'm the perfect person. It's just like for those people, like I was the right person for them. And so like, it just, it is. And again, it's just like doing it like every time like I've tried to like mimic it or I'm like, oh, we should do it that way. Like it never works. It's just like, when I just like trust myself to just express it in a way that feels good to me, like that just kind of allows me and us all to kind of attract the right people. That's right. I actually would be so curious. What do you think human design is going to evolve into in like the next five years? I feel like more than any other system, it really is ebbing and flowing. It's like this amoeba that's like changing shape and really responds to like how the, what's happening in the world pretty quickly. So what do you foresee in the future of human design? I mean, it's just so wild that it is where it is now, because like a couple of years ago, everyone was like, what are you talking about? This is so weird. This is so crazy. Now it's just like everywhere. I think that like, you know, I believe one day we'll not, not need human design. Yeah. I think human design mm-hmm. returns us to ourselves, but I think when we know ourselves well enough and give ourselves permission to be ourselves, it's like not even needed at all. I think I really imagine it being integrated. And again, who knows what's going to happen, but like, I just have been really in awe of like how receptive people have been, even like the most skeptical. So like, Mm. I'd be interested to see it be integrated more into like schooling, into parenting, you know, into like therapeutic context, just like, you know, all these kind of institutions of just like into teams, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, how can we really respect and honor how differently we are? Oh, like I'm, I'm coaching a generator. Like, okay, this is the right way to ask the questions, you know, or like, I'm like, you know, teaching like this young kid that learns in a really different way than this kid. So like, Mm -hmm. I just would be curious to see it integrated into more institutions as a way to kind of allow us to differentiate our approaches to those people. Like the traditional name of human design is the science of differentiation. It's a reminder Mm -hmm. that we are all different 
and remembering that we're all different is the thing that brings us closer together. I believe, you know, it's just because it's just like you offer differently, differently than me. That's amazing. How can I support you in doing that? So I guess I see it integrated more in those places, you know, and parenting, all those things, like just giving us permission to like all do things in a way that uniquely works with, for us. Like I now work with so many parents and it's just been so freaking cool because like our designs are often expressed so purely when we're young mm. and then we get like conditioned out of expressing them because yeah. like we take on other ideas of who we think we should be. So I think it being used in that context is so powerful. So I'm not totally sure. Like, I just, I think that like I do definitely envision it being used in much bigger, you know, broader ways to just kind of support people being different in a way that I feel like so many institutions are really kind of catering towards one way of being right now. Mm, yeah, we have a human design team projector, and then we have our manifesting generator, Wallace, and then we have two generators, Thais and Janelle. And it's really helpful to know how everyone works. Yeah. <laughs> It's so helpful. It's so important. And if that's a prerequisite now, if anyone joins us, we, we look up their design and it doesn't mean that we won't hire them if they're a different design type. It just means that I know now as their manager, like, okay, this is how they work and this is what totally. they might need. And, and also the, the hole that they might fill in what we do. And so I want to make sure that I let them shine. And I can imagine as a parent, I mean, is that something that you are looking at experimenting with soon? Like, is that something that you're nervous or excited Having about? Babies. Yeah. Myself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I don't know how soon. It's so funny. I like was laughing today because like my partner, I have like a name that we really want to have our kid. And I literally got like an Instagram message from like somebody today. And then their Instagram handle was, where is that name? No. <laughs> Just like, oh my God. I was like, I don't think it's time yet, but come on. Like, it was just so funny. I was just like, oh my God. Um, so I really am so, I am really looking forward to being a parent. That's the thing that I really am excited by. I think it makes me nervous timing wise, but like, I don't know if I'll ever be ready, but yeah, I definitely am excited to experiment with that. And it's been so, I have so many friends with kids and it's been really so fun looking at their designs, you know? I bet. Yeah. And like, it's been really cool. So it really is just such a cool tool because again, you observe it so early on because it's often expressed so authentically before mm -hmm. we take on that conditioning. But again, it's just a reminder of like, okay, this kid might need like a little bit more alone time. This kid, we really need to recognize them, invite them in. Like, it's just like, it's so powerful. Even looking at my family, like my parents and my sister were so revealing to be like, oh yeah, you know, I see what was cool. happening here. Oh, that's so cool. And yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot and ask if you wanted to have children. I just meant- Did you I said, mean that? I, I just meant like, yeah, but do you want to, it like it is um, experimenting with parenting as someone who's so well-versed in human design, something that you're interested in or or not. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. I'm I, like, uh, oh, God, baby's right you're, like, you're like, wait, are you my mom? Like, why are you asking like, why me Why does this? keep coming out today? Um, I think that I, yeah, I'm definitely going to experiment with it. I don't think in a dogmatic way, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that it's really, but I, I will obviously look up their design immediately, you know, and I think just like <laughs> keep it in mind, you know, and yeah. like, and just use it as a way, I think, to really support them and being themselves. And again, not like you're this and you've got to do this, but like, oh, maybe like you, maybe asking you in this way might help generate your truth, or maybe kind of giving you this kind of space might be inspiring for you. So I'm really excited to kind of explore that because again, it was so cool looking at it, you know, retrospectively with my family, but I'm so curious to kind of be proactive and in, in building my own. Mm, yeah, that's so cool. My sister and I are both projectors and both of our parents are generators. Oh, and it would have been useful to talk to them early on. <laughs> yeah, they're both Capricorn generators. And so they're they're just, yeah, we're we're different. We're built different. Built different. <laughs> you know, like it's so funny. There's actually like no 
generators in my family. I'm a projector. Wow. My sister's a manifester. My mom's a manifester. My dad's a projector. No, very oh, weird. You know, like, that's cool. It is cool. And it's just so funny because my dad and I were like so linked up growing up, mm-hmm. but he was so good. Like he would like literally like come home at four every day from work. Like, you know, like oh. he was just like, so he really had such a balanced thing. And I used to like make him wrong for like, everyone's like, we're going on a hike. He's like, I'm going to take a nap. And I was like, why are you coming? You know? And now it's so funny. Now he's so funny. He's like, I'm a projector. I'm going to go upstairs and take some space. And I was like, you're doing the best job, you know, like great job. So it is funny because I being the same type made him wrong for that growing up because mm-hmm. it was just like, but well, you should do more and you should keep up. And it's really like, so cool. He he's honored his design actually so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been fun being like, Oh, you're actually doing the best job. I really have so much to learn from you. <laughs> That's awesome to have him as a role model, especially as a parent too, because mm-hmm. that 100%. can be really all-consuming. Totally, you know. And like, and my sister's a manifester, and like, manifestors are not here to be told what to do in any way. And I used to always be like, <laughs> you know, as a projector, I was like, "This is what you should do," and this is how I see it. And she was like, "No, thank you." So like, I think also <laughs> understanding that, I was like, "She's not inviting in my guidance. She's not ready for it." Again, it was so beautiful. Not that like either of us were right or wrong. It was just like, oh, like let me actually do my thing. And like, when she's ready, I'm here, but I know that I can't force it or be overbearing in that way. Mm-hmm. So, very That's, interesting. It's so interesting. I feel like what you said about like integrating it into therapy and families and parenting, like it's so correct. And it kind of reminds me of how we're taking a different look at people who are, have been traditionally disabled by society, who have diagnoses that make them different, right? Than what, how society is built to support people. And instead of saying like, mm, well, you're fucked because you don't fit into this world, we're changing that perception and saying, actually, like, this isn't a disability. This isn't something that should marginalize you and hold you back. You just do things in a different way. And I feel like human, that's what one main theme of human design is just like, 100%. we all have a different, we have, we can all exist here. We're just going to do things a little bit differently. It might look a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And like, and again, like it's, it's so interesting because I really do believe in like honoring that we all do things differently is the thing that brings us the closest together. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be, you know, it really is such a connective tissue there. I've just been like, you have it really differently. I do like, how can we support each other in that? Like, I think we get the most tripped up in family and in business and we kind of expect someone to be different than what they are, more similar to us. Mm-hmm. And the minute we honor how different they are and also honor how different we are, like it just really is, it creates such compassion and understanding and connection mm. in so many ways. Erin, it was so lovely to just, I love your energy. Like you've got, your like projector coolness, but also you're like New York going for it. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that vibe as another New York going for it. Type of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you? And it sounds like you're releasing some exciting things soon. So when can we look out for those? Mm. So I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. I share a lot on Instagram <laughs> at Erin Claire Jones. My website is ErinClaireJones.com. You know, one great place to get started is the blueprint, which is basically kind of a personalized written guide to your unique design. It kind of walks you through all the key pieces in a really empowering way. And we can do a discount code for your audience if you want to do that. That'd be amazing. Do you have a code that you like using? We can use holisticism if you're cool with that. I love it. Perfect. Great. And then I also offer individual sessions, private sessions, team sessions, and monthly workshops called Flow. But I would start there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so exciting. Well, we'll include all the links in the show notes, but this was such a delight. Thanks for making the time for us. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. 
And that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. Erin is just such a cutie. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in Apple or Spotify podcasts. It really helps us when you rate and review us. It helps us get found at like, I don't know feed pumps up the algorithm or something. And it's really beneficial for us, helps us find more amazing people to have on this podcast and produce even better episodes for you because then we can get really cool sponsors like open. And of course, when you, you know, support our sponsors, that also helps us. So if you haven't already signed up, go grab your open subscription. You get 30 days for free when you use the code holisticism. You can go to the link in the show notes. It is honestly like the coolest meditation app I've ever experienced. And I think that you're going to absolutely love it. So go check it out and maybe I'll see you in class. All right. With that, I'm going to let you go. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll see you on the internet. Thank you.